You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hello again, people-centric leaders, back with another episode of the podcast, the People-Centric Podcast, actually. And I don't know if I'm the same as you all or if you're the same as I am, but I'm still having a hard time getting us in the mode of saying the correct title for that. So the People-Centric Podcast for the People-Centric Leaders. And it's interesting that we're introducing this as People-Centric Leaders, because what is a leader? What is leadership, right? It's almost one of those words that falls onto deaf ears, so to speak, because we use it so often. Be a be a leader, leadership. Uh, I was doing a session yesterday for a group and we were talking about culture and yes, culture is super important, but it's also becoming one of those words that's kind of a buzzword. How do you define that? In today's episode, we are going to define what leadership actually looks like from a people-centric perspective. And I'm going to start with kind of a story. And it's something that if you have sat through any of my sessions, you've probably heard something like this. I think it's important for this story to recognize, first of all, I have a gaggle of kids. I like to describe them like that. There's We have five, five kids. And I like to also say five on purpose kids. Yep. We knew exactly what was happening. We just wanted a big family. We just wanted, we kept going, have five I kids. Track. I love them all and lose track of them all. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Don just throws out random names and he's probably going to hit one of their names if he throws out random names like Jaden for Caden or whatever. In fact, Caden, go ahead. Buffy. Isn't one of your kids Buffy. named Buffy? Yeah. No, that is not. It's not even a nickname for one of the five that we have. Um, but <laughs> so let's let's get into this. We're going to talk about this and I'm going to use my kids as an example for this and specifically Caden. But, you know, as I would take the kids to school. It dawned on me uh, that I cannot tell them, hey, you get out of the, you know, get out of the truck, you get in there and be a leader. And I think the problem with that over time is that if you're listening to that, you might be going, what's wrong with telling your kids to be a leader? And the reason why I think I struggle with that is because leadership equals influence, right? Leader Leadership is optional, which means you have choices about how you're choosing to lead. Um, you know, I can le- choose to lead people this way. I can choose to lead people this way. I can take them left. I can take them right. I always ask people, can you think of any world leaders that might be influential, uh, having no shortage of people following them, maybe down the wrong path? And this is where we don't have to start throwing out names or words or things like that, but you probably had somebody pop into your mind. Years ago, there was a professional NBA player that was not making positive public choices. And he had a reporter that came to him after a game one day. And they said, what do you think about the kids that are watching you make these choices? And he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. nobody should be watching me. I'm nobody's role model, right? The problem with that statement is that that man did not have a choice. People were always watching. You are influencing somebody, whether you are choosing to influence them or not. You can lead them this way or you can lead them this way. So I chose from that moment to say, uh, instead of get out of the truck, get in there and have a good day at school and be a leader, I said, lead them well, because that is your choice. That is your area of influence. This also goes back my son, Caden. Um, I love him to death. He's a great kid. He just graduated last year. But every parent-teacher conference we've had with this young man since, I don't know, early elementary, first, second grade, every parent-teacher conference that we would have with him would say the same thing. We love Caden. Caden's fantastic. Uh, however, 
Caden does not always lead in a great way. How Caden goes, so too does the class go. And I need Caden to go this way. If Caden chooses to be a knucklehead, the whole class is going to be knuckleheads. I need Caden to go this way, not this way. And so we're going to talk about that. Leadership being a choice, uh, which means you have options. This is within your accountability. Now, some of you might be going, well, I would lead them this way if they would blah, blah, blah. Stop right there. Stop right there. Because if you could change they... Everybody, everybody would have a better day, right? My mom used to say, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. And that's kind of true. We want to change the circumstances around us. But the reality is we only get to change us and our influence on others around us. In fact, the influence that you are portraying on others around you might be the reason why folks are acting the way that they are. We'll get into all of that today. Joining me, we have kind of an OG podcast here. Uh, We have Diana Royalty, our COO. Diana, what are you excited about with this particular topic? I think a lot of people don't see themselves as leaders. And I love that we say, no, 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 everybody is a leader. It's just, are you leading well? Are you leading? Are you using your influence that you have? Because everybody has influence. Everybody is a leader. And once you realize that, it's almost unnerving. It's almost hard to think about. So I'm excited to dig into that. Yeah. And this is a, that's, that's kind of a hard concept because if you are that person that you're like, I love leadership, I've read all the books, I listen to all the podcasts, and they always equate leadership with positive. And it's not always positive. You can be an extremely effective leader in a negative light. And we'll talk more about that too. Also joining us, Don Harkey, our fearless CEO of People Centric and the people that you are the, I guess you are the People Centric leader. That's a lot of pressure because you are leading us as we're going, right? I mean, what does that feel like? It, it would be for some people, but it's not really. I mean, I, I when you're hardwired <laughs> to do it and you're just set up well for it, I mean, that's really great. Oh. And yeah, really when you're hardwired good. to be amazing. Yeah thought of that i never thought of like you're the people-centric leader leader you know wow i know it's so mad i never thought of it that way i feel as unusually powerful right now i do and a little intimidated a little intimidated (laughs) well actually that's a great compliment you've never thought of it like that because that's not really how leadership should work right it shouldn't be about the one person you know we talk about the cult of personality kind of leader um, leadership's a weird topic. I love this topic. And we talk about a lot at conferences. I had a friend of mine who was a professor at a college and he taught classes on leadership. And he admitted to me, he says, I've been teaching these for 30 years and I could not tell you what leadership is. I really don't have a common definition. It's like one of those things, like you kind of know it when you see it. And they talk about a lot of the different books that are out there about, well, you've got to lead and people follow. And there's all the memes on LinkedIn and all that stuff of penguins walking behind each other and stuff. And like, well, this one is the leader. This is how true leadership is. And people know that there's something about the strength of leadership, but they also know there's something about the visionary part of leadership. And they also know there's something about the humbleness of leadership. And so when we looked for leadership and said, we got to wrap our minds around this, the thing that we came up with is what Matt talked about is a really simple definition of leadership is leadership is just influence, right? If you are influencing somebody else, you are leading them. They're following you. For something. But as Matt has said, that doesn't mean that you're always going to be a positive leader. That means sometimes you could be a negative leader too. So yeah, I think that's a helpful definition of leadership. So that's, I'm excited about the topic today. You know, and, and, and I remember getting pushback one time when I was doing this and I had, I had talked about that concept and I was in front of a group of, of people and somebody goes, ah, I don't buy that leadership can be negative, right? Because if you're leading people the wrong way, then you're not really leading them. And I said, you just weren't used the word leading twice 
<laughs> to combat to combat my theory of leadership is not always positive. You can't you can't describe it with using my word and then disagreeing with the word. Uh, if you're the leading them the wrong way, so you are still leading them. <laughs> no, you can't lead them the wrong way. But you and can if lead you're them. even if you're bad and you have a bunch of minions, those minions are following you. You're leading them. You're you're leading them. You know, we talk about this uh, as well. You know, we're talking about kind of in the professional setting, too. But just to kind of give you a sneak peek, this is one of those new keynotes that we're also working on here as well, because uh, you'll hear different stories throughout the keynote about parenting and the kids and things like that. And you might be going, what does that have to do with work? Parenting kids is a lot like managing employees at the same time, too. There's a lot of a lot of similarities, which we might get into get into some of that as well. I don't know our people's names either. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm just really grateful that Zoom has the names already on the windows. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say one more thing and I'm going to pass it off to Don uh, and he's going to facilitate and kind of feed us some questions for conversation today as well. But just a couple more thoughts as we're wrapping our minds around this leadership equals influence and you can influence people positively or you can influence people negatively, but influence is also optional. You have an option whether or not you choose to lead them positively or negatively, which means you have a choice in how you are dictating maybe some of the circumstances around you. Like it's, it's multi-layered right there. This this uh, this opportunity of leadership, and I can't dictate that based on how other people are treating me. The frame of mind I want you to have as we're walking through this is: what is your brand? What is, what is what are your values? How are you choosing to pick yourself up and choosing to lead, regardless of how people are treating you? Um, the other the other side of that, I think we I think we dictate our behavior based on the behavior we're receiving so often instead of sticking with our values, sticking with our brand, and moving forward. Last thing I would say to this too is, um, and Don, you might disagree with this or agree with this, but I think one of the greatest college football coaches of all time, Nick Saban. Uh, Nick Saban has something that he also says, and it's a part of this. And he talks about, you know, we have an illusion of choice. We feel like we can do whatever it is that we want when in reality, when in reality, you have about five choices. I can choose to be bad at something. I can choose to be average at something, or I could choose to be good at something, or I could choose to be excellent at something, or I can choose to be elite at something. And of course he's the head coach of uh, football at Alabama and he's going, if you're just good at something that they you know that, that with your God given ability, you might just be good, but you won't be excellent or elite. That's a choice that some of those other athletes make, right? They're choosing to do the things that other people are not doing. I think that translates well into this idea of leadership, because if I am choosing to be an effective leader and choosing my influence or the type of influence that I want to have, that you might be having to do some things differently than other people around you are doing, or you might be having to behave in a way that's different or contrary to the way that you would choose to behave in a normal uh, circumstance too. So anyway, Don, I'm going to pass it to you and you can open to facilitate this conversation. We're ready. We're ready to go. I was pretty sure you were going to say Tom Osborne in that example. Uh, I knew you were. That's why I set it up that way. Tom Osborne hasn't been relevant since the 80s, right? Is that right? Tom Osborne thinks he's still relevant and he's in his 80s. So I think that you should <laughs> issue an apology. Dr. Tom, if you're listening, we yeah. love you. Appreciate you. Love your insights. Yeah, Diana doesn't know who we're talking about. None of these people are relevant. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. You've lost me, but I are like you, that dude's five things. You like the, do you I like, like the, the what? Five, the five choices where you can be like, you know, bad, average, good, excellent, or excel. Or excel, excel at it. Elite, elite, elite at it. Elite. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. And I like the idea of like, when you focus on what does, how you choose to be elite and what do you choose to be elite in? Right. And I think that's pretty cool. And we think about it in terms of like that example, it's football in general, but I think in life, it's a little bit more customized than that for ourselves. So I'm going to throw you guys a curveball, something we haven't talked about. I'm going to, I'm going to go a lot of times in our podcast, we go down a pretty safe road and we talk about stuff that we've talked about in workshops that we do and content that we do, but I've been reading some new content and I'm going to throw it all at you and see what you think. Because one of the things that we think about in terms of people centric is it's systems, processes, tools that are hardwired to work with people at our core. So if you think about this, I've been reading a little bit of Carl Rogers. Have you guys ever heard of Carl Rogers before? He's a uh, psychologist. I was going to say famous psychologist, but you guys have never heard of him. But anyway, he's pointing, I was pointing in his direction. And I'm going to uh, paraphrase him. And he talks about like what a real healthy person is. And I'm going to let you comment on this. So if you think about like what kind of leader do you want to be? I think that goes back to ourselves and who we need to be, right? And what he says is the goal of a healthy person is to not only accept yourself, but to like yourself. So the goal of a really healthy person in your life is not only to accept themselves, but to like themselves. So I'm going to throw that to both of you and kind of like, what are your first thoughts hearing that for the first time? Do you agree with that? What are your thoughts on that? And then maybe how does that even influence yourself in terms of being a leader? I immediately thought was like, well, Matt is super healthy. He loves himself. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Next question. This one next kind of answers question, itself, move right? Move on. Where are the- <laughs> thought you were going to challenge us for a second. This is easy. <laughs> Just ask him. Ask him. He'll tell you how great he is. He will tell you. Sorry, that was... That was Listen, crazy. people are going to get the wrong idea. Um, no, 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 no. But, but no, I get it. I get it. So you said uh, accepting yourself, but then liking yourself? Yeah, it's it's so there's a lot of discussion about like you have to accept who you are. Like we're really critical of ourselves internally sometimes, right? We tell ourselves that we're not doing the right things or we look for other people's approval for stuff. And that that leads to unhealthy relationships, at least unhealthy life. It leads to too much stress for ourselves. But if you really come to not just accept yourself, like there's this idea of well, accept your who you are, accept your strengths, right? The idea of positive psychology, when we talked about strengths on another episode, we talked about focusing on the things that you're good at doing. But he takes it to another level of not just accepting it, but liking who you are. Like, I, not only do I think that I have these things, but I actually have, if I go to Eastern philosophy, it's making friends with myself, right? It's it's that kind of a space. Yeah. So how does that question, is that true? And then like, does that, how does that influence what kind of leaders we want to be? Well, I think it's, I think it's super true. I, I have been thinking about this lately because I did something that I didn't like about myself. I'll explain in a minute. So um, I genuinely like, my core values. I have built myself. I think about myself. I like who I think that I am. And then I'll do something that is outside of those values or I'll react in a way that I don't like that I reacted that way. And so in those moments, I don't like myself, right? I'm like, oh, I don't like that I reacted that way. I don't like that I did that thing and behaved in this way that goes against how I want to show up, that goes against how I want to be. And so I think it's easier to say and harder to do. Yeah. And you said you did something you're unproud of recently. Can we, is Jimmy there? Can we put him on camera? Can we see him? Can we talk about that? Is he still alive? It was not Jimmy himself. It was his family. (laughs) 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 Who I love and adore. But, you know, they're probably listening to this very public podcast right now. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe. But here's the deal. I, 
they don't know that I reacted poorly, but internally I reacted poorly. My husband's having surgery. The family of course is worried and loves him and it's not a big deal. It's really not a big deal. Um, but they were like, you know, being a little extra cause they love him. And I just, I was like, I need people to stop, just stop. I need people to go away. And then I was like, Ooh, I don't like that. I reacted that way. Right. These people have good intent. They're doing stuff from a place of love. And I was very like, Oh, get out of my space and let me process through what's happening. And so in the moment I reacted poorly to my husband, I was like, Jimmy, your family needs to just like stop it. And he was like, Whoa. And I was like, I know, I don't love that. I said that, but like, this was my initial reaction, my initial thing. So it did go against how I like to look at people. It did go against how I wanted to react in that moment. So I didn't like that, but I still went back to, this is who I want to be. And this is who I see myself as I just had a poor moment. Right. I wonder if that also, uh, and I don't know if this ties into that and we're legit hearing this thought for the first time. So we're unpacking this. We didn't, we didn't script this at all, but uh, I wonder if it goes into, I wonder if there, how many people are out there going, um, I have, I have to react in a certain way that I don't really like the thing that I'm reacting to or how I'm reacting to the people. But the reason why I'm doing it is for the there's a positive on the other end of that. Sometimes I have to, I have to push or do something in a way that I don't want to to do, but I know it's for the greater good of everybody. If I can get through that moment, whatever that task might be. And maybe this is a, that's a more of a task and not a core value uh, kind of a thing there too. Um, so I'm having a hard time with, uh, with, with actually coming to like it. I don't know that I have to, I don't know that I have to like it. Uh, but I have it's to not, understand it's not it, like maybe. it. It's like yourself. So like Diana, you said two things, two observations from your story, which I think is perfect and talks about like, what kind of leader do we want to be is my observation of that is first of all, that hits you probably in your feels, your emotions. Right. So then yeah. what you did was you kind of turned inward. Like you didn't think about how it was in, at that, in that short term moment, it wasn't about anybody else. It was about yourself. Like you talked about, like, yep. I need you to do this because of me and you focus inward. Right. And then the second thing that I noticed you said is like, and then I didn't like myself for how I responded versus I didn't like how I responded. Yeah. Yeah, that's right? true. And that's, yeah, I think, totally. Matt, that's kind of your point there is saying like, you can like, like, like we all do things that we don't like. It's just the healthy version of ourselves looks at the things that we don't like that we do and doesn't say it's, it's what we talk about in blame versus accountability for other people, right? Blame versus accountability is accountability is if Matt does a thing, which he does frequently. I can go to him and say, Hey, I didn't like that thing that you did. Let's talk about that thing. And then Matt, and now that's accountability. Now we're working through that. Now, if I go, Matt, you screwed that up. And Matt feels like it's about himself. That's an unhealthy moment for Matt and I, and then it's a, then it's a fight. Right. I also love that you talked about values, Diana, because I think if you think about like lead them well, going back to that, what does well mean? And I would imagine it has something to do with your personal values. Would you agree with that? And then maybe let's talk about personal values and how do you come up with those? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I do think it, Matt mentioned like your personal brand and your core values and and thinking through those things. And and I'm sure he has tons of tons of comments about how he got to where he got um, and what values he has. But I will say that it took me a long time to actually craft my core values and decide what they were because 
I, I struggle with that. All the words are good. All the words for core values are always good. It's not like I'm going to have a core value of grumpy, you know, like that's not a core value, right? Oh, it's not. Okay. It, no, no it might be how I come off all the time, but that's not my core value. <laughs> you know what I, what I would say to this too, and, and gosh, there's a lot, there's so much here than just a 30 minute podcast. Uh, too, because it could, this this whole topic goes to kind of a deeper level. But as I but I was as I was going through, I don't know that I would pinpoint it into certain core values, almost like we would for an organization personally. But I do talk about as I was putting this content together, I do talk about why why is this even a thing? Why why do I have to even care about leading somebody well? And sometimes we might think it's because you're doing you're doing them a favor if I do that, or you're conceding something. If I'm, I'm not acting the way that I would normally react so I can lead them well, quote unquote, and do them a favor. What about me? And we start to look at that side of it. But, you know, some of the things that I thought of here are one, it's just kind of the right thing to do. And I put this idea if we live in a divisive time in a competitive world, but we don't have to be victims of either of those things. It's just kind of the right thing to do to choose to lead other people in a positive direction. Another one, it helps other people as well. I tell a story through that. Uh, and I won't, I don't, I don't know if you want to go into it or not, but I had a great encounter at a random place with somebody who's also named Matt um, at, at a, a hotel laundry room of all places. It's actually called the laundry Matt story. See what I did there. And, uh, and I was in no mood to lead people well at that, at that time. Um, I was surrounded by other people, my team who I had reached the end of my time with uh, there. We had been together for several days and I just wanted to escape and do something numbing my numbing like laundry for just a little bit and just to have a moment for just a second maybe because we were doing all the things that I didn't want to do but I was along the ride a day Matt one singular day yeah Lee when you say it like that it sounds worse but so anyway, I go to the hotel and I'm by myself and I go to this laundry mat there and I just want to do laundry and in walks another mat. And I just took the only washing machine and instead he comes in with a bag of clothes and, and I'm there putting quarters into the machine going. He goes, Oh man, is that the only laundry? Uh, is that the only washing machine? I was like, yeah, sorry about that. And I had every intention of putting quarters into the machine and walking away and going back to my room and I'll come back and, and hopefully the clothes will still be there in 30 minutes. That's where I, I didn't even care. That's where I, I was, but he just kept asking questions. What are you doing in town? What do you do in work? Uh, oh, wow. That sounds interesting. Tell me about that. But what do you and and clearly he was needing more information than what I initially had the energy to, you know, to to provide. But I could tell that there was something else out there. And so I, I started to engage him and I started asking him questions. This guy, this guy was a Navy. He was a pilot in the Navy. He was in town for training missions like he's currently an active pilot in the Navy, which to me grabbed my attention right off the bat. And so all of a sudden, all the questions started to turn like wow, I bet that's pretty cool. Like, what do you, what types of aircraft do you fly? How long have you been doing that? And then he started talking about, I'll never forget. He started to, I was like, uh, he talked about refueling the plane in midair. And I was like, how does that even work? Like refueling the plane in midair. Top gun in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's cool. It was amazing. And he goes, well, you slow it down to like 400 miles an hour or whatever. And I thought, 
And he said, honestly, you just line it up. And he's like, no big deal, blah, blah, blah. But then he goes back into asking me questions about leadership. And he goes back and talking about speaking in front of people and inspiring organizations. And, and, and it was pretty cool. It was just a pretty cool moment because it, it led up to this moment to where he said, you are who I aspire to be. And it kind of stopped me in my tracks where I was, I wanted nothing really to do with other people at that time, which is counterproductive to what I normally do. Normally I, I feed off the energy of people, but I just needed a minute. Sometimes I just need a minute. And when he said, you are, you are who I aspire to be. And, and it, it struck me because I didn't want anything to do with people at the time. And my story was not near as cool as his story. I'm not refueling so we, planes at 400 miles an hour. We are not Top Gun pilots as cool as we sound on this podcast. Yeah. It is nothing that <laughs> they would not make a movie about us. I, I drive a Honda Accord. <laughs> right. And not in war zones, typically. Right. I, that's what this guy did. That's what this guy was doing. And, and driven through St. Louis a couple times. <laughs> Careful now. We have listeners in St. Louis. We oh, love sorry. Sorry. St. Louis. <laughs> Diana's from St. Louis. So I had to give a shout out to our friends out there. But what's pretty, but what's pretty cool about that is I was intrigued by his story and it stunned me that he said, you are who I aspire to be. And I thought two things really stuck out to me in that moment. Uh, one of those things, the thing, the thing that he saw that was inspiring to him, I had kind of lost sight of that myself of, I, I had lost sight of that part of me, I guess, in that moment that says, yeah, you know what, what you do is pretty cool. What you do is pretty in inspiring. And to hear him say that it was, it was a very, very humbling thing, but the lead them well part, I could have just put the quarters on the machine and walked away, but I could tell that he needed something more. And so I even put my phone away and I sat down on the little bench. Uh, I even took a picture of that laundromat area in the Marriott hotel in Tacoma, Washington, where I was, because it was that impactful at that time, how I thought I was leading him and he was leading me. Um, at the same time. And that was a choice that I had to make that was not comfortable at the time. I didn't want to be there, but it just, it, it created that moment um, there too. And the last one that I have here is, is don't do it for anybody else. Do it for yourself, which might shock you a little bit because you're going, man, if I was doing it for myself, I'd do it this way. And I would just do it this way. And I wouldn't care what people reacted like, no, no, no. Like do it, do it for yourself. Like the reflections from that laundromat story is that I used, I used to think of myself in the same way that he saw me, but in that moment I had lost it. And he reminded me of it. Like there's a healthy connotation there to leading them well. And it's not just for the other people, but it's also inspiring to yourself. And sometimes we look outward for that inspiration and you probably already have some. Yeah, and I think that doing it for yourself goes back to that healthy definition that Don was talking about of liking yourself, right? You have to accept it and like it. So the the whole concept of leading people well kind of goes back to this intrinsic motivation, right? Yeah, that I mean that I I would totally agree with that. And just to piggyback on that a little on a little, little bit, like what does it mean to lead well? Don was asking like what is it what does it mean to actually lead well? And the intrinsic thing that that Diana just talked about, I I would say it means a few different things. Like it can, it can be leading with humility, but that doesn't mean you're soft, right? Leading with humility doesn't mean that you're soft. It just means that maybe you're not the first one to speak or that maybe you're not going to just jump out and say the first thing that you would think to say. You would just take a moment to process that before you would speak. It might mean not speaking every time that you have something to say, but that doesn't mean you're passive either. 
Um, it just it, it it means that there's a there's a bigger moment ahead instead of just the the the, the short answer that I want to give now and kind of taking a back seat uh, there, not because you're soft, not because you're passive, but because there's a bigger moment or something. There's something bigger um, at stake. And then it can also be tough love, but that's not mean either. I think leading them well is also correcting gently maybe a behavior that is that is also there. I don't think you're leading well if you see a behavior that maybe needs to be corrected and you just let it go because you don't want to be mean. I don't think you're leading well at all in that moment. Like so I think there's some there's different different things to unpack there. But I think that's maybe some of the ingredients of how do I even go about doing this. But ultimately hopefully you're doing some of this for yourself, not just for the people that are around. You're not succumbing to the people around you're doing this because this is you. It's for you. Yeah. What I think is neat about that story was first of all, how much you needed that in that moment and that it happened. And second of all, this idea, you know, if leadership is influence and you can't not influence other people, like you can't not lead other people, you are going to impact them regardless of what happens. That guy wandered in there in a situation that most people wouldn't be looking to think, oh, I'm going to walk into this thing and really turn this guy's day around. Like, that's my goal. That's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask some really good questions. But that's what he did. And it's a story that impacted you a lot personally. It impacted you, you know, for the rest of the trip and impacted the rest of us hearing that story. It's going to be impacting people as you start to bring this out. You know, then this keynote presentation that you're putting together that you're going to be delivering out for folks. Uh, it's going to impact a lot of people. It's kind of cool that you impacted each other in that moment too. Then you responded to it and you interacted with him. It's a moment where like one plus one doesn't equal two, right? It's a moment where you walked in and you just had a random interaction. You could have just said, oh, I've went, well, I'll be done in 30 minutes. You can come back in 30 minutes and walked out. And like you said, and you would have missed that opportunity. He could have come in and just said, oh, dang it. Now that this isn't done. He could have gone back to his room too and missed that opportunity. I, I like in your story too, Matt, like you were leading up to it again, you did you, I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but you did the same thing, same thing that Diana had was you were very internal, like you lost yourself in yourself, like we didn't get to do what I wanted to do during that day and you get lost in that and which is not then that's not a judgment statement at all. I think it's just a pattern that we all fall into is when we get so lost in ourselves. So like, let, let's let's flip this around because a lot of you we, we were sounding very like psychotherapy right now a little bit. But just from a day-to-day -day basis, like you think about a team, we see this all the time, right? We talk about toxic employees, right? Toxic to us doesn't mean that the person is toxic and bad. It means that they are misaligned with the organization. It's not, there's no judgment statement in that to say whether they're misaligned is right or wrong. It just says that their values or their direction doesn't align with the organizational values or direction in that moment. And so how does that idea of lead them well impact them at work? Are people stuck in their internal dialogue too much you think they get lost and then they don't feel good about themselves and the impact that they're making outside like is there something to that how does that apply at work i, I mean i think we do definitely get lost into that own uh, that, that internal uh paradigm similarly to i had lost the thing that that he was so inspired about and maybe he had kind of lost the thing that he that i was inspired about slowing it down to 400 miles to gas a plane I, that baffles me that baffles me that that's not inspiring but he was more intrigued that we were actually helping organizations become better organizations. We were helping managers become better managers. And I think, I think part of it to answer, you know, a little bit of your question, I hope, at least I hope I'm answering your question is, is I think for some of us at work, we have to kind of sit back and allow ourselves to be able to be in that place 
to where we feel a lot of people are like, I, I probably felt like, okay, I do this for, I'm a professional consultant. I'm a professional quote unquote, like speaker, motivational speaker. Let me put my phone away. Let me, let me get back to the kids for just a second. Right. Let me pour into him here just for a second. Right. And I think that's what was so shocking because I thought I was maybe leading that inspiration until, until he dropped that part on me. And I was like, dang, I'm the one that's leaving more blessed than I thought I was blessing you at the same time. And I think at work, if we're translating that, we probably have that hat on to where, okay, what can I do for you? What am I doing for you? And we don't allow ourselves maybe to have that moment and go, come, what they said was kind of inspiring or man, what they said was kind of humbling. Maybe I did need to hear that. And I don't know that we put ourselves in that place to be able to allow ourselves to hear that because we're driving forward. We have our work hat on. We're driving forward because we're the expert in the thing. We don't give ourselves the opportunity to kind of sit back and maybe be humbled just a little bit uh, with others, people around us too. Well, and I like that Don brought up the concept of toxicity in leading well. Like, I like that you're trying to tie those two things together because you can lead people really well in a negative direction, right? That's what we're talking about. And I think what Don was sort of trying to get at is when you're at work, you probably have really good intentions. You probably really are thinking that you're doing the right things, right? We've met a lot of people who say things like, I love this organization so much that I am fighting with all of my leaders to make it go this direction. And I'm trying to get everyone to go this way because I know it's the right way. And the truth is maybe it is the right way, but it's not the way that the organization wants you to go. So you're toxic. You're leading them poorly. You're not leading well in the in that moment, in that instance. So I don't know where you're going with that, Don, but I like that there's some sort of tie there. No, I think that's exactly, exactly right. And if you it, you you think you're doing something good, but what's really happening in a toxic situation is you are turning inside of yourself a little bit. You're, there's something that you don't like. And you might be right about the thing that changed, but I don't like how we did that. I don't like that decision. It's something about you and you've lost focus on other people. You've lost focus on the outside role of that. And then you start to do things as a toxic employee to try to become more powerful to influence that. I'm going to push harder. I'm going to talk to other people about it. I'm going to do the after meetings where I'm going to talk to people and see if I can rally them around this. I mean, you you find all of these different things. And the reason that that's a spiral, and oh, I think it goes so well with Matt's lead them well concept is because you're not leading them well and it doesn't feel good. You start looking around, you judge yourself by whether you like yourself and you judge whether you like yourself by the impact you're making on the world around you. And if you're the toxic employee inside of a company, what you're seeing is everyone's resisting me. People are fighting me. Even the people that do like me and are follow, trying to follow me on that, I can see that I'm leading them off a cliff. Sometimes they're into a wall and we're just always frustrated with each other. Um, and, and what happens when we talk to toxic people who are really deep into that toxicity is they are so focused on themselves and what I'm doing. Uh, I just talked to a student who's entering into the job force this morning. And one of the things that she said is she says, I can see when you talk at people centric and she did some good research on people centric and what that looks like and all the everything, which is really cool and exciting. And she said, so how do I go into the company and make them change their culture to match that? That was the question. And I said, you can't do that. Like you can't go into a company and make them change their culture. Well, and and, and in, if you take that a step further, that's not being people centric at all. Being people centric is about 
what they want, not about what you want. Yeah, right? that's yeah. exactly, that's exactly right. So you have to be able to, you have to meet the company where they are. You can't go and I'm sure you have ideas on how to change things. And the fact is you may be right and you may be wrong. And the most likely scenario is you're both. You're probably a little right and you're probably a little wrong. It's easy for us to get caught in that. And then we lose sight of the bigger picture. And then we get, it, it just feels incongruent with who we are. It gets, we feel off from our values. We feel exhausted. We feel tired. And it's those moments where we have to circle back. We have to go back to the cave or the laundry mat. Uh, I mean, it jumped out to me. Look, I know, I think both of us know, Matt, the three of us have worked together for a very long time. So three of us know each other very, very, very well. And we've, we've been to battle with each other and we've yelled at each other and cried together and been upset with each other and all that. And I knew when Matt was in the van, driving the van in Seattle and said, you know what, I'd like to go back to the hotel and do my laundry out there. I was like, that doesn't sound like something Matt normally would like to do. Matt's kind of, in, Matt's in a rough place. Uh, and it was, it could have been like, we could have said, no, 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 Matt, stay with the team. We've got, we, all of us need to be together on all that, but we, no, we give them some like, okay, take some space, take some time that you need do that. I, I think that if we give each other that grace, we have a better, better feeling for how we impact the world. If we impact the world and do the right things like the mats did there in the laundry mat story, which I love that story, then you feel better about yourself too. And if you feel better about yourself, you like yourself more, you're in a healthier place. Um, last piece I want to talk a little bit about here is another thing that Carl Rogers talks about too, is because he's a psychotherapist and he helps people. And one of the concepts that he puts out is that you can't teach someone to be a good leader for themselves. You can't teach them to do that. You have to be transparent and you have to create a relationship with that person. And you have to be a little bit authentic. And then you have to allow them to discover that. So like, can somebody come to you and tell you what your values should be? Can they tell you that you're not being a good leader and push you in the wrong direction? Like, where does that work? And maybe where does that not work? Um, I, I, I think I kind of agree with what he's saying there. It's, it's kind of like how we talk about empowerment. It's not a knighting ceremony that says you are now empowered to go and do, uh, they have to kind of, uh, determine that or, or self-discover that, um, as well. It, it, it also reminds me of this, of this concept of, of, of trying to figure out what it is that I want to do. And so I'm trying different things that I, that I think I will like, but really what you're doing is, is you're finding things that you don't like and you're experiencing things that you don't want to be and don't want to, don't want to uh, be like, as far as if you're talking about leadership, I'm experiencing the type of leader that I don't want to be having been under maybe poor leadership in the past, which then molds your own kind of values and structure of what it is that you want to be. It's not because you tried a lot of awesome things. Now I get to choose which awesome parts of it that I want to do. A lot of times it's because I experienced a lot of things that I did not like and I don't want to do. And that molds the behaviors and the values of what I do want to be and what I do want to portray too. So I don't know if that answers that, but Diana, were you going to go a different direction? No, I was going to say, I think I agree with him. I think what he might be saying is that it takes a certain level of introspection, right? I could tell people all day, you're not leading people very well, but if you're not willing to examine yourself and what that means and how that aligns with you and what that looks like, then you're never going to get there. You have, you got to kind of want to, right? You do. You have to kind of want to. And I think it's kind of the point. It just strikes me listening to both of you, how you talk about this. You lead. Why do you want to lead them well? And you lead them well, not just because it's good for other people, but because it's good for yourself. It's kind of cool that your humblest moments that you truly are like, I'm going to give to somebody else and I'm going to try to help somebody else 
are the moments that also help you. Right. Yeah, because it, it totally in that moment, Matt uh, DiRobertis is his last name. I'll just give him a shout out. United States Navy. Good job. Mm-hmm. Keep up the keep. Thank you for serving our country. Keep up the good fight. Um, I know he's a fan. So, um, hey, Matt. Um, anyway, in that moment, it's totally true what you're saying, because, again, OK, let me look to pour into him because that's clearly clearly what he wants. And then it was almost this about face where he was filling me up more than I you know, more than I thought I filled him up uh, at the same time. And there's that, there's that personal, this is, this is a, a benefit of doing your best to try to lead other people well, because it will come back around and it will fill your tank up too. Yeah. Um, and that's, ti- that's, that's exactly what I experienced. Two tired people, probably low on energy in a situation that nobody is like, Let's, uh, I'm going to go hang out in the laundromat at a hotel. That sounds incredible. That's not like the, the right situation. Two tired people came together probably with empty tanks and filled each other's tank from nothing. Like it came from nothing. I think it's really cool that the universe was created that way. I also think it was really cool because I think a cool spin on that story was then our team went out for ice cream at a totally different location, significantly far away from the hotel and ran into him randomly out at a park. So the whole team got to meet this guy. Like we all got to hang out. And then later the next day, like I think he was out walking through the lobby of the hotel and he came over and had a drink with us and we got to talk to him. So yeah. we got to meet, we did. We get to hang out with Matt quite a bit, which is, I think is cool because not only did Matt need Matt, but we needed Matt too. And it brought our other Matt back to us. So, I mean, it's just, I think that's, that's the people centric thing. When that happens at work, what you see is if you're toxic and you're fighting, you're resisting this energy, others have to fight you. And then you don't feel right about it. They don't feel right about it. Look, if you're a manager and you're thinking about the toxic employee, how much time do you spend with that? Like it's, it's, it's draining. It takes sex, the, the wind out of you. It takes the wind out of the team, but it also takes the wind out of you as a toxic person who's trying to lead a revolt inside the organization because maybe you became a little too person-centered and not people-centered. You became too lost in yourself. And I'm not asking you to sacrifice anything. This is the part that this is the part that I get the most excited about in the people-centric philosophy here is the idea that not thinking about yourself is not sacrificing anything. It's helping yourself. Do it for the selfish, selfishest, selfishest, most selfish of reasons. Do it for the do it for yourself, if nothing else to listen to others and see how you can pour into them. Yeah. One, and, and I know we're wrapping up here, but one of the, you kind of hit on one of the points here uh, of, of what leadership is. Leadership is influence. Leadership is difficult, but leadership is also rewarding. And, and it, and the reason why I said difficult is because you might have to make a difficult decision in that moment that doesn't feel good, but it's ultimately going to be good, but it's also rewarding because the benefit of leading others in the right direction is that you get to reap the rewards later. And that reward might be a new relationship. That reward might be stronger partnership at work. That reward might be stronger mental health for you because you had your cup filled uh, and you weren't anticipating that just because of the, you know, the, the, the um, filling of somebody else's cup. And then it just has a, has a way of reciprocating like that too. And so I just think that's another one of those benefits there. That's awesome. Yeah. Diana, last thoughts on this topic? No, I, I think we've covered it well. I I love this topic because it shows how deeply everyone is suited to influence and everyone can be a leader. And I just, yeah, there's something really cool about that. Yeah. Yeah. You're hardwired to do that. It's cool that the universe was created that way. So go out there and lead them well, right? Decide if you're unhappy with something in your life, think about how you're influencing others and that will have an influence on yourself. So thanks for joining us on this podcast and we will catch you next time.
Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then, be well and lead well.